Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for August 16th, 2020. It's the birthday of T.E. Lawrence, known the world over as Lawrence of Arabia, born on this day in 1888. Lawrence gained fame as a British leader of the Arab Revolt against the Ottoman Empire during World War I. A charismatic figure, Lawrence threw himself into Arabic culture to befriend and sympathize with his Arab partners. It was this ability to identify with the Arab peoples which made him a successful military leader in the guerrilla warfare of the 1917 Arab Revolt. From an early age, Lawrence was fascinated with the culture of medieval knights and ancient chivalry. He most probably nursed ambitions to follow in the footsteps of these ancient heroes, and as a young boy he loved to travel around English churches making etchings of notable figures. During his Oxford days, he traveled extensively around France on bicycle, in particular visiting the Crusader temples and castles which fascinated him. After graduating with a first-class bachelor's degree, Lawrence began studying medieval pottery at Magdalen College, but given a chance to become an archaeologist in the Middle East, Lawrence jumped at the opportunity and sailed for Beirut in 1910. In the Middle East, Lawrence continued his studies of languages and was eventually fluent in French, German, Latin, Greek, Arabic, Turkish, and Syriac. During his archaeology trips in the Middle East, Lawrence took the opportunity to learn about Arabic culture, and in an effort to identify himself with the locals, he took to wearing a native costume and learning the different customs and aspects of social life. It was this earnest empathy and adoption of local customs which brought out the native Arabic friendliness, often winning the loyalty and admiration of locals whom he visited on his travels. Lawrence also became aware of the Arab resentment against the occupation by the Ottoman Empire. Although the Ottoman Empire was Islamic, it wasn't Arabic, and the occupation had become increasingly brutal and resented. When war broke out in 1914, Lawrence had a unique first-hand knowledge of Arabic culture in the region. This was to prove of vital importance as the Ottoman Empire allied itself with Germany and so becoming Britain's enemy. In 1914, under the guise of archaeology, Lawrence set out to map the Negev Desert, which was thought at the time to possibly be used as a supply route by the Ottoman Empire. At the start of the war, Lawrence was posted to Cairo, where he worked for British intelligence in the Middle East, and was aware that an Arab revolt against the Ottomans would help the British war effort with minimal cost. In Lawrence, the Foreign Office felt they had the ideal individual to try and unite the various Arabic tribes with which Lawrence seemed naturally at home. The main leader of the Arabs was Emir Faisal, son of Sharif Hussein of Mecca whom Lawrence was able to make an alliance, and under Lawrence's leadership, they began a classic guerrilla campaign, successfully attacking Ottoman supply lines, especially the Hejaz Railway running through the desert from Medina. The troops Lawrence worked with carried with them a disparate band of alliances and different tribes, but by relying on speed and surprise in favor of full frontal confrontation with a superior enemy, they did prove very successful in thwarting the Ottoman army in the region. 
1917, Lawrence directed an attack on the strategic port of Aqaba. From the rear, the city was lightly defended, as the Ottomans didn't feel it realistic for an army to cross the immense, barren desert. Lawrence's expedition departed from Wedge on the 9th of May. Lawrence led a small force traveling on camel, and picking up volunteers along the way, the attack was a great success. Aqaba fell to the Arab forces on the 6th of July. However, after capturing the city, there was no way to communicate the victory. Lawrence undertook the mission himself, riding back to Edmund Allenby, commander of the Egyptian Expeditionary Force, to tell him the good news in person. The victory was a major morale boost for the Allies and propelled Lawrence into an important position. He had the confidence of the Arab leader, Amir Faisal, and also the British. In fact, it's this dual loyalty to both the British Empire and the Arabs that was to prove a testing dilemma for Lawrence. In 1918, Lawrence was involved in the capture of Damascus in Syria. He helped to install Faisal as a king of a provisional Arab government. But this was to prove short-lived, as French forces brought the provisional government to an end in 1920, with the British and the French splitting up Arabia in two with a line, which later created the states of Syria and Iraq. Lawrence was appalled at what appeared to be the broken promises of the British in denying the free Arab state. Lawrence went so far as to reject knighthood offered to him by a befuddled King George V, a disappointment he also delivered in person. Lawrence continued serving in the RAF until March of 1935 when his term of service ended. Outside of the military and his interests in archaeology and Arabic culture, Lawrence loved motorbikes. He had seven superior motorcycles, and tragically, his life was cut short in a motorcycle accident just two months after leaving military service. He was 46 years old. Even after his death, Lawrence managed to have far-reaching consequences. His head injuries were treated by neurosurgeon Hugh Cairns. Cairns was profoundly influenced by the seemingly unnecessary loss of life. He made further research into the use of crash helmets, and through this research, the use of helmets for motorcyclists became compulsory, saving the lives of countless riders. There are, honest to God, larger-than-life figures on the scale of T.E. Lawrence, but not many. Here's what Winston Churchill had to say about him. I deem him one of the greatest beings alive in our time. We shall never see his like again. His name will live in history. It will live in the annals of war. It will live in the legends of Arabia. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.